Good afternoon. Wonderful to see everyone here, as it always is, on God's Day of Atonement. Uh, hope everyone's doing okay today. I know that this day is a day that uh, some of us might, to some extent, maybe dread the, you know, the spiritual affliction part of it. But it, it's a day that is very rich in theological meaning, and we all know that you know on this day there's many different theological concepts that we could go over. One of them is, it's a day of covering. You know, that it's a day of covering. And we can go back and we look, look at that mercy seat. And we look at those different rituals that are brought out to us in the Old Testament. We know that it's a day of removal. That there's a ritual that's involved where uh, goats are removed and then uh, everything's placed on another goat and slaughtered. So it's a day of removal. And of course, it's a day of affliction. A day of cleanliness and holiness, a day of humility. But today, I'd like to focus on another concept that this day really fits in. And that is, today is a day of reconciliation. Now, when we think about that word reconciliation, it has several meanings in the English language. If you were to go to a dictionary, one of the meanings would be a restoration of friendly relationships. Another definition is the action of making one one's view or belief compatible with another. And in the Old Testament, the word reconciliation is the Hebrew word kapar, which is very uh, related to that word that we see maybe in our calendars that signifies this day, Yom Kippur. And this word kapar is most commonly translated in the Old Testament as atonement. Quite literally, the word atonement brings with it the implication of removing tension between two parties. And we know that's what reconciliation is all about. I'd like to go today in this short sermonette to 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, and just read a, a few passages and think about this idea of reconciliation that Paul brings out in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18. Breaking into context, he says in verse 18, Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Verse 20 says, Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And as I was thinking about this passage, and I've read this passage before, and I think that I gave a message on this years ago, and recently during that time, I had watched that movie that was called I Can Only Imagine. Maybe you've seen that movie before. Uh, it was a movie uh, about an individual by the name of Bart Millard, who was the lead singer of a Christian band, Mercy Me. And of course, the song, I Can Only Imagine, is a very popular song. I think it even topped the charts of 
you know, the secular billboard charts as far as songs. And this movie, it's a, it's a drama based upon this individual, uh, Bart Millard's difficult upbringing. In the movie, it shows that he came from a troubled home. He had a, a father that was physically and verbally abusive to him, and eventually his mother, who leaves him to his father at an early age. And, of course, he grows up with this enmity between him and his father. Now, this movie's not about Bart Millard becoming this famous Christian rock star. Rather, it's a movie about his reconciliation with his father. It's a beautiful story about the restoring of what once was broken. And in this day, in a lot of ways, it represents a similar story. It's a story about mankind's restored relationship to God. And so I have three quick points for us today, based upon what Paul told us in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. The first one is, God took the initiative. God is the one who has done this reconciliation for us. I remember a few years ago, I think it was the Feast of Trumpets, and we do it every year, every Holy Day, we go to the passage, which we're going to read in just a minute, Deuteronomy 16, verses 16 through 17. And we read about the, the, the offering that we are to present to God on these holy days. And when we read that, we see that three times, this is Deuteronomy 16, verses 16 through 17. I apologize to, to Brian for not getting this passage to him. Three times a year, all your males shall appear before, appear before the Lord your God and the place which he chooses at the Feast of Unleavened Bread, at the Feast of Weeks, and at the Feast of Tabernacles. And they shall not appear before the Lord empty-headed. But the verse I want us to focus on is in verse 17. Because it says, Every man shall give as he is able, according to the blessing of the Lord your God, which he has given you. And what is interesting here is the implication that God is first the one that gives the blessing. He gives the blessing before we give the offering. Such a significant shift from the typical paradigm we see in most of the world's religions and the world's interactions with people and the way that we think about things, both today and throughout history, who, when it came to religion, requires the sacrifice before the blessing. And the reason I bring this out is because in the same manner, God has initiated that blessing of reconciliation. It was Him who began that process before any of us had repented, before any of us had accepted this salvation. Jesus Christ died for us. As the title of the next message needs to indicate, before any of us did any of the response or the responding. We are the ones that were in the wrong, the trespassers. We're the ones that have broken God's law. But God is so merciful and so full of grace that He, by Himself, through His Son, Jesus, took it upon Himself to reconcile us and the world despite what we have continually done to reject Him. To remove that enmity between us, that strife, between us and Him, between His ways and our behaviors and our nature and our sin. 
And as Paul says in verse 20 of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we must respond to the call because Paul says, be reconciled to God. And on this day, we ask ourselves, we see the process of reconciliation. We see that this is a day of reconciliation. We ask ourselves, are we reconciled to God in our habits, in our minds, in our actions? The second point I want to bring out, as Paul brings out in these, this string of passages, is be ambassadors. In this response, or in this passage, this idea of reconciliation that Paul is expounding upon, he's coming to these individuals in this church at Corinth, and he's likening himself and his associates as ambassadors to these individuals, pleading with them to accept this message, this word of reconciliation. And he calls himself and his associates, we are ambassadors for Christ to you. Now this word ambassador, we've all read about it before. We've seen this word in the Greek. It's the word presbyu, which means to be a senior, that is, by implication, act as a representative. This word would usually be referred to in an elder who was experienced or maybe served on behalf of some sort of king and would go to a country to represent that king. And we see this in our own culture today. We have ambassadors of the, you know, the United States. We have ambassadors to all the different countries out there. And Paul is expounding upon how through the work that was done through Christ, that enmity and that incompatibility of our sinful nature and our sinful behavior, that has been removed through the work that God has brought, the work that God has done through His Son, Jesus Christ. And reconciliation with God has been made possible. My third point, as individuals who have been reconciled to God, let us strive to be ambassadors of Christ, to live a life in a manner that shows this reconciliation. Let's follow Christ's character and seek reconciliation in our own lives, both, both in our proclamation of what Christ has done for us and what Christ has done for this world and about the salvation that's possible and that's provided through Christ. But let us also do this in walking a life that seeks to be reconciled to people, to individuals. Everyone in here, we've all had relationships all had situations where maybe there's some strife between you and another individual. Maybe it's some family or it's some, some friends, co-workers. I implore us as we look at the reconciliation that's been made possible through Christ to God and that paradigm of reconciliation, let us also be individuals that walk a life that seeks reconciliation in all manners of our life all the relationships that we have. And this doesn't mean go and, you know, maybe there's people that practice certain things that you want to stay away from. That's, that's not me saying go and hang out with people that are sinful and things like that. Maybe that's the reason that you disassociate yourself with. But we all can probably think of ways in which we can be walking examples of reconciliation. In conclusion, Christ Jesus and our Father in Heaven has given us a ministry of reconciliation. At the core of the Christian message is a story about God reconciling the world back to Himself.
yourself. And it's a wonderful thing to think about. Another passage I want to bring out real quick that I didn't give to Brian, and I apologize. You can write it down. It's Colossians, the first chapter. Two verses, verses 19 and 20. He says, For it pleased the Father that in Him and all the fullness should dwell, and by Him to reconcile all things to Himself. By Him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of His cross, no matter how much mankind has altered itself for the worse in this world, being alienated from God and corrupted by the morals of our society that we live in, there will be a final day where God reconciles all and He will make all things right. Now we understand that people have to respond to this call. But unfortunately, there will be people who reject this offer of reconciliation. But we know that through this reconciliation, through this enmity that's been removed, this relationship that's been able to be made right again, that through Christ, through that blood, through that work that was done, we know that Christ is providing opportunity for all things to be new. So as we continue through this day, and of course the days ahead, the Feast of Tabernacles, let us discuss our things.